This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, how's it going? Going great. Yes, very excited. Uh, OmniX is just uh, just over a month away, so and this is our first ever live stream. So absolutely, uh, very excited and uh, ready to go. And we are live on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter. Um, so that's always fantastic to see, um, to, to share the message. Um, Omni Channel X, I'm super excited. It's coming up in a month. I'm speaking about content performance, culture, and of course, you have much more experience, if I may say so, than myself in Omni Channel strategy. Uh, what is, tell, tell us about, first of all, I know many of your followers will know what it is, but what's Omni Channel strategy in a nutshell? Well, I, I'm not going to read the like the, the kind of a formal definition, which is on the site, but I'm going to say uh, more casually, I think Omnichannel is making good on all of our customer-centric promises. Uh, we have been saying for years uh, how much we needed to go customer-centric, how that was essential to to the future, how it was the the way you know we were in a, in a customer-first economy, we were an intention economy. Um, it, it was an inevitability, yet we're not seeing the big changes. We are seeing some some changes, but uh, what Omnichannel really is, is taking a customer-centric, cross-functional approach to how you do your communications and how you present yourself as a brand through your various touch points in content and design. So uh, what I've been thinking lately is that, uh, is that it's, it's our, us putting our money where our mouth is in terms of really becoming customer-centric organizations. Is our money where our mouth is? That's always an interesting concept, of course. And it's much easier to say we want to be customer-centric than actually to be customer-centric, right? I mean, it's like I get up every day now and say, oh, I'm, I'm going to be in good shape today. And look at me. I'm still sitting here overweight uh, and eating the 600-calorie um, muffin for breakfast. So very true. So one of the things that's interesting, um, you talk about trends. And I know I always, I actually love looking at trends and seeing how I can maximize them. I mean, think about live streaming today, right? I mean, when we first met, you would have said to me, what's live streaming? I would have said, I don't know. Like, you know, I mean, I know what it is, but I'm not doing it. And today I'm, you know, doing it all the time. How, what are some of these counterproductive trends that you're seeing and, and, and how do, how do people move forward and, and use them to their advantage or ignore them, I guess? There's kind of always been a, a war between uh, being customer centric and the individual interests of uh, each department and uh, each individual in each department. The the so I, I gave the example in the kind of the overview of this session, um, responsive design. So responsive design, uh, for those of you who don't know the term, is the just the ability for uh, for designs to graciously and and, and uh, gracefully move across different different size devices, different size screens. Um, when you resize a single window or when you're presenting your content on uh, you know, a small screen device or a large screen device. And 
that the, that was a big deal. You know, there was there's huge projects still going on now about you know th- there's some debate like should we go responsive de- design? You know, is it important or whereas it it, it baffles me because of it's absolutely a no-brainer. Like you have to have uh, the ability for your content to to gracefully move across different design, device sizes. There was a long time where there were, people were thinking that they would just kind of set these different device sizes and they were going to optimize for this model of the iPhone and they would update the designs for the next model of the iPhone. And it, which in retrospect, uh, it, it thankfully is becoming regarded as madness because we cannot keep creating entire uh, groups, teams, initiatives to keep up with all the different channels and touch points is we're, we're getting it now that the channels are going to keep coming and we, we can't keep up. We can't put a team on every new channel that comes out. We have to have uh, um, an ability to to handle multiple channels. Uh, so, and then uh, when we saw tablets come out, we want, we wanted kind of to create this print experience, the, the pixel perfect print experience for this new, what we thought was a digital magazine which it totally wasn't. It was a new thing. Um, but we're, what, we're, what we're kind of seeing is this, this uh, prevalent trend to try to keep forcing our old uh, system onto our new one. And the one that's left, the one that's holding back on the channel, is um, the way the departmental hierarchies are set up. So the idea that we can have these organizations who are, uh, it's part of one brand and it's supposed to be efficient and it's supposed to be customer-centric, Yet each department sets its its KPIs and its goals and its timelines in isolation of the others. So that uh, and they have their own content platforms. They have their own content standards. They have their own content tools. Um, you know, I'm not saying that they all have to have the same tool, but they have to have a, a backbone, a, a strategy behind it, um, a center, which it defines what that brand is and how that brand does does something. And that's very hard to do. Without the kind of cross communication that you that you that you have in an omni-channel group, uh, what what is in fact the reality is these these five thumbs, these different departments who operate as their own hierarchies within uh, a bigger hierarchy, and there are big walls and silos between them. Thankfully, today we're seeing, um, or uh, definitely I'm seeing, but I know that. I'm getting it from from everyone in the community that customers are starting to ask for omnichannel by name. They're starting to recognize uh, the need to be customer centric, the need to organize around customer goals, and the and they need to speak to each other. You know, agile is helping a lot because um, we have there we're breaking the idea that each team kind of has very discrete inputs into the other. I do my little job and I hand over things to the next department and then they do all, they do theirs. We're seeing that we have to get together in cross-functional groups. Um, and uh, that's kind of making the, the whole job of, of uh, promoting Omnichannel and, and creating customer-centric solutions a lot easier. So many things to unpack, and I mean, sounds sounds easy enough in theory, but it's not that easy, honestly. Yeah. I mean, even when I when you're talking about responsive design, this is like the ever. I think this happens every time there's anything new that comes out. I think the example I gave yesterday is um, remember when we had um, low def TV? We used to call it standard def television, right? <laughs> and now I was like, well, do I really need HD? Do I really need that? And then now I now I'm thinking. 
that's crazy when I see an HD, uh, a low def TV somewhere, right? So I think that's probably human nature that that people kind of jump to. Why do we need this? Why do we need to do that? Responsive design. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine living without responsive design today. I mean, seriously. You know, I go from this huge monitor to a little monitor to a tablet, and I mean, it, it seems like it's common sense today. So when you talk about the cross collaboration though, how do we do that in an omni-channel strategy? How do we communicate with different teams? Uh, I mean, I, I can see some people screaming at us already and saying that just means more meetings. Is that what it means? Or how, uh, what tips do you have to make that communication easier? So um, I think that there's, there's something as simple as uh, setting up uh, agile working groups. So making it part of standard operating procedure to have uh, yes, to have cross team meetings, and not just necessarily more meetings. You might have to pick your battles. You might have to, you know, say we're going to reduce meetings here, but increase them there for a net greater good. Uh, th there's also the idea of setting journey-based goals. So what we're seeing in, in organizations like Cisco, who's speaking this year and who spoke at the first year, it was probably one of the most popular, if the, the most popular talk of the year. We see Cisco creating uh, persona-based KPIs. So they say that you know we're as an organization um, or a very large chunk of the organization. So all of marketing across all of channels, partner, social, direct, uh, web, digital app, everybody, and we're all going to focus on this persona with this much of our budget this year, and our our key performance indicators are based on whether this persona is meeting their goals. And so that getting the goals into the center where we say, okay, well, how do we, how do we team in a larger sense achieve this? Uh, I think that's the first step. Looking, looking at the customer situation and uh, mapping it out uh, and looking at their journeys is already um, a huge step because at the moment that we're, we're treating customer experience as this very fragmented thing, you know, walk into an average organization and, and say how many of you really feel you have a, a good grasp on uh, customer experience and that you share that image of what customer experience looks like with your different teams. Like most don't. Most have a very vague notion. They, have the, they generate personas for each campaign or for each channel. Um, departments have their own personas, even if it's the same person actually interacting with the different departments over time. Uh, so there's very basic things like Let's put our research in the same place and let make it accessible to everybody. Let's put our uh, our personas and our journey maps in the same place. Uh, let's have a common definition of what those words even mean. You know, what does a good persona need to have across the, the, the company? Um, and let's put some standardization in place, like agree on uh, language and uh, design assets and, and, you know, have a simple, have a central place for them. Design systems in the design world, this is all the rage. You know, the design systems where they have a documented, um, uh, vetted, central, accessible place for all of their design assets. It's roaring through the design world like a like a like a wildfire right now. But we just need to apply that same logic to to content, to metadata, to the other things that make an experience happen. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it sounds like we just have to communicate better and and put us put away those hierarchies, right? And and this is my fiefdom. This is yours. I'm not talking to you. Uh, so it sounds like a lot of it comes back to that, which I know has its own challenges. When you talk about when you talk about um, what roles you need on teams. And, you know, I know you and I talked about specialization before, and that's always an interesting topic to me because <clears throat> we have the model of the T-shaped marketer out there, right, where, where you can do a lot of things, but you can't go very deep. Um, but on the other hand, you also have teams that have very specialized roles, which ha have their own problems, right? Because if something changes, what are they going to do now? You know, for example, if I have... Um, this is totally made up. I, I got a Twitter strategist, you know, and Twitter goes away. I mean, we know that happens every once in a while. Like, what are they going to do now? You know, are they can they do something else? But talk about what's your philosophy around specialization and, um, you know, using that as an omni-channel strategy. And I think we just lost them right at the end of my sentence. That could not have happened um, one second earlier, and we got him back already let's see here yeah i'm back sorry i lost you and you lost me um I won't, this, I, I'm this is the world of live streaming i'm just happy everything is running everything is working we look as good as we can you look great i look the way i look um so did you hear my question though no uh, i think you asked about the to talk about <laughs> the the philosophy of specialization or my thoughts on specialization within the roles yeah basically yep yeah, so um, I noticed you, you mentioned the T-shaped the marketer, but I, I want to go beyond the marketer because the omni-channel, it, it's obviously being felt in a big way in the marketing space uh, because marketers feel these problems very acutely, but it's, it, it's not in any way restricted to marketing in the same way that it's not restricted to, to retail, in which was a, a big place that it was uh, mentioned a lot. But you can do omnichannel in customer support. You can do omnichannel in technical documentation. And if you're doing it right, you should be looking at all of these because they are all touch points for your your brand and your user. So the 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 issue which uh, I, I'm seeing is it comes back to this kind of mm, sense of hierarchical ownership that I want to have full control over this and I don't want to have the influence of these other groups coming in. Um, what we often tend to do, and this is as an events organizer, this is a big deal, um, is gather in groups that are about us. You know, we, we gather in conferences and working groups and forums, etc. that are, how do I be a better uh, Twitter manager? How do I be a better social media campaign manager? Very, very specific specializations and our definition of good in business has been for several decades been about getting more and more unique. So like I am the world's only uh, live streaming audio engineer for social media, like these, these uh, titles upon titles upon titles to make you sound more and more special um, as, as an asset on the team. Uh, whereas, and that's starting to hurt us significantly. So we don't need to keep zooming in on making ourselves more special. We need to get specialized in zooming out. We need to get better and think better about how we can come back and look at the bigger picture because that's what's broken is not the, the, you know, yes, the app could be broken, but in generally speaking, it's not that we can't design apps or that we can't write content or we can't write 
good social media campaigns. What's broken is we can't do the, the whole thing. The entire thing is actually worse than it was. Um, our, in our first year, we had, a, uh, we had a speaker who brought up statistics. Um, I'm sorry that the name's not coming up to, uh, we're, we're live. Uh, the name's not coming to my mind right now. But he brought up statistics uh, that were looking at customer experience generally and how customer experience with brands has been getting worse in the digital age. We, we're less happy in general with the experience we have. And that's not, uh, that what's, what's happening is that the overall net average sum result of these brand interactions is getting worse. So we are, uh, we're fragmenting, we're breaking down as we have more channels to work on. So the new, like the next decade, uh, you know, the, 20, the 2020s are going to be all about how do we zoom out? How do we look at that bigger picture, get less focused on being super specially good at optimization of this particular detail, but how do we optimize for the whole? And who, so who, who would do this though? Oh my goodness. Now so much to think about and don't, um, please don't take offense that, um, he didn't remember a name. I don't remember anybody's name ever. That's I'm terrible remembering names, especially on lives. But um, so zooming out, though, what's interesting about that. So I need at the end of the day. Right. I mean, especially I'm at, at the heart. I'm a content marketer. Right. And as I always say, content doesn't perform if it doesn't get published. This live stream won't perform if it doesn't go out. The article won't perform if it doesn't go out. Right. Like, I mean, it's so simple. But yet so many companies already screw that part up. So, but but I also see the value in zooming out, right? So now I'm doing live streams to podcasts to whatever to articles to books. Everything is connected. Who on a team, and maybe it's everyone to an extent, but who on a team needs to be doing that? And how do you do it while you're still doing tactical things? I mean, it's still important, right, to get stuff to market one way or another. Well, I like to, I, I analogize to, to the orchestra or the band or the sports team. Like we don't ask these questions about a sports team. On, if you're on a sports team, you don't kick the ball and go, hey man, I did my job. It's just not a thought that enters our head, but we would apply this to business. Um, it, it's not anybody's job to be the one that makes the team work. It is a collective, it's a collective job. So we have to actually kind of face that reality that, yeah, even though we don't necessarily like the developers, although we don't like the designers, we don't like marketers, we don't like salespeople, whoever we are, maybe we don't love hanging out with those people or, or else we, we would become one of those. You know, there's a reason that we chose our career path because we kind of jive with other designers or other technical writers or other, or other marketers. Um, but we have to work as a, as a collective group because as you said, it doesn't, it doesn't perform if it doesn't ship. It doesn't perform if it doesn't ship, it doesn't look good. It doesn't perform uh, it, you know, if it doesn't have its, its amplification on social. It doesn't perform if it hasn't been SEO optimized. It doesn't perform if you ship, uh, it doesn't perform if you ship some content marketing, but then when they try to follow through the rest of the experience, it collapses because all the logistical and tactical side sucks. The, the whole doesn't perform. There's no point in having high-performing content marketing for a, a service or a product, which is garbage. So we have to kind of zoom out and say, what is, the, what, is the, what is performance? What is good? What is success? And say that we're doing well 
when we're giving our audience enough that they're able to advance their goals, like we're, we're able to exchange value both ways. If we are, you know, if we're only trying to get value coming in or we're setting our, our performance goals on things like, was it watched? Which is, you know, maybe a marketer feels I've done my job when it's been watched, when I've attracted eyeballs. And that that's something that we have to kind of break the back of. We have to uh, start resetting our goals and focusing on what the customer's trying to do and how our position within the team advances that. Does that make more sense? Oh, it makes a lot of sense. And I mean, it's for the American audience, because you can't follow soccer examples. I don't know if that was soccer or not, but it sounded like it. You know, if you're the center and you snap the ball, you're, you're not done after you pat, after you snap the ball, right? A quarterback sometimes is done throwing the ball 80 yards down the field sometimes, but, you know, you never know what else might be happening. So it's very interesting. It's I think it's it might be um, a side effect of this whole industrial um, time t- time period we came out of, right? I make this widget, I throw it over to you, and then you do whatever you do with it. And then you, you know, then it's out of my face. But now it needs to be part of everybody's job to make sure to move it forward. But so are companies struggling with this? I've never seen any teams that struggle with collaboration. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, yes, I would say that the, and I don't want to be, I don't be clear about this. You know, we wrote, we, when we promote Omnichannel, we run a conference about Omnichannel. I've never seen a successfully fully omni-channel unified on-brand consistent company. It doesn't exist, but it's like, if we come back to the health metaphor that you used earlier, just because nobody is perfectly healthy doesn't mean that we shouldn't all try to be more healthy. So we can, I, we can, I can sit here and I can endorse all these principles knowing that no brand has achieved the goal, you know, the omni-channel perfection. So they, we struggle with collaboration all the time because we have all these squishy, messy people are involved um, with all of their different interests, uh, which is, I think, also pointing back at the, at the solution, which is the way that we help, the way that we work together is by putting the customer in the center. So rather than saying, you know, who should lead this, you or me? The quest, the discussion becomes, how do we work out how we're going to help them? And that's just an easy, like I've seen that. When you do customer journey mapping and you change it, like I know it sounds silly, but we change it in a workshop from saying, this is um, Sally, the customer, and she does this, and then she does that, and she wants that. And we change it to being first person, and I, we make everybody in the room say, okay, I'm Sally. And I want to do this and, and I want to go over here and now I'll go on this book page and now I download this thing and I read it and, and now I try to use the app and how do I feel? And it just switches. The, the tone in the room switches. The aggression in the room goes down. Everybody's like, everybody stops in the, into jostling for position and, and, you know, the team dynamics change from like showing off in front of who's boss and so on to going, okay, I'm Sally now and I'm not happy about this. Wait a second. So who? How do how do we get this fixed? Who in here can help help me with this? And it's incredible um, the way that uh, a, a team can actually operate differently 
if they actually try this customer centricity thing that they've been talking about for so long. And it's an interesting thing to remember that it's really difficult, if not impossible, to be perfect. And, you know, just again, I mean, we're doing a live stream. I do live streams, guys, all the time. And, you know, there's still stuff that doesn't work, right? I mean, you saw me, I pushed the wrong button one time. I tried to um, make NAS full screen or and I make myself full screen. Like, we just got to roll with it, right? And, but I think that's a skill for teams, too, to kind of be able to say, oh, I got to, you know, let's do this together. Let's do this, right? And put our egos aside. I mean, is that a big part of uh, getting this omnichannel strategy going as well? Or, or how do you feel about that? The, the culture, I guess, for lack of a better term. I think that uh, omnichannel is hard to hardest to do if you're in a management culture, which is specifically against it. So if you are an organization where you're fighting a dominant culture of inter-team competitiveness, and we've heard stories about this. I Luckily, I haven't had too many clients that uh, that suffered it too much, but the uh, the the situation where you are really having a manager who doesn't want to do this, they don't want to work with their fellow managers, they don't want you working with their fellow managers, they just want to increase their sub kingdom within the kingdom. That's the hardest environment to to get omnichannel to happen, and that and I do believe a lot that that does come top down. Um, I've, I've given presentations where I've told people to just quit their jobs. You know, if you're if if you're in a in a brand where your 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 CMO or the head of documentation or whatever it is, whatever department you're in, and they are still holding on to some old zombie lies about you know creating um, paper like reproductions on the screen or uh, you know, we can copy and paste between documents and it's all going to just be really, it'll be fine and work out fine. We, we can scale like that. Um, like we don't have to worry about metadata. We don't have to learn what that is. If, if you're in an environment where they're just immovable, uh, then maybe that's not the right environment. If you want to thrive and be developing yourself for the future of work. Absolutely. It's so interesting um, how, how we have to evolve. Um, tell me about, so Omnichannel X, is it, uh, what number of edition is it? Third time? This is the third time we're going. Uh, we are, yeah, this is our, in a way, our, our biggest ever conference because we've used the fact that it's going to be, uh, I, I hope, our last fully online conference. We're doing a much broader agenda, um, 10 p.m., uh, European time to 8 p.m. So we have a much bigger chunk in the evening where our North American participants can join. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got put all of the like the, the multi-track sessions and the uh, the keynotes and panel discussions are all later. So they're not you know it's not in the night for Europeans, but it's at a time when at least the East Coast and, and Central uh, the middle of the the Americas can come and uh, you know the really early risers even on the West Coast. Can start participating. Uh, so we're very, really, really great. We've got the, the director of UX from Google. We've got uh, Mastercard, Microsoft, uh, IBM, Cisco, Eli Lilly, like really a, a, an incredible number of, uh, of household names who are all telling their stories of how they've moved the needle on Omnichannel. As I said, none of them has solved it, 
you know, um, we, IBM, is, IBM and Cisco are, are, are leaders in this space. Uh, Google is a leader in the space of users experience, but none of them have fixed this. Uh, so they're all talking about how they have moved forward. And I think that what's good about it is we have all these big organizations um, uh, as well as, you know, individual thought leaders like uh, David Dylan Thomas and, and Hilary Marsh, who, who are well known in the content strategy and design space. The, we, we have them all and anybody can learn from whichever perspective they're coming from. So if you're a designer, if you're a writer, if you're a UX writer, if you're a content designer, content strategist, content marketer, uh, we've really focused um, and we've been refining it year on year to make sure that uh, everybody can have something to gain for their job role and make it more attractive to actual groups, to, to multifunctional teams, which has been really interesting to see even from the beginning where we're seeing three, four, five, six. We, this year, we've had a group of eight who wants to come. Uh, and so we're really getting omnichannel groups to come and look at how they work together and, and network with other groups and discuss best practices of how they can how they can make their overall omnichannel experience better. So attending a conference as a group, especially when you're not traveling, right? And you're basically still in the same uh, space where you, you've been for the last 15 months or whatever it's been, 10 years, it seems. Um, that's actually a really fantastic idea because sometimes when I go to conferences and I'm the only one going, you know what happens to me? Everybody keeps slacking me, you know, messaging me. It's like I'm not even at the conference, right? So if your whole team goes and, and immerses yeah, yeah. themselves into the experience, um, you can really grow that together. And that's another thing, too. When I um, sometimes you have people report back from conferences, but here's the truth, guys reporting back from a conference, it's not the same as going and experiencing it because everybody experiences different things, has different takeaways. This is the, I call it the journalistic model, right? You have four journalists covering one event and everybody has a different story and everybody who went to the the event has their own story, right? Because everybody has different perspectives. Fantastic. Um, of course, we have the link in the notes, in the show notes. Nas, anything else we didn't cover about the conference or the topic that we missed in, in this awesome conversation? Yeah, I think I need to mention the, the, the emphasis that we put this year on interactivity. You know, we had our first COVID last year, COVID conference last year online, where we, uh, you know, we had to go on, online within, with, within, I think it was 80 days we found out we were going from a physical conference to an online conference. Uh, so we have to shift everything around. So what we've, what we've learned and what we've done this year is added a lot more interactivity time, you know, be careful about breaks uh, so that, you know, you can get away when you need to um, refresh your coffee and stuff. Don't get too much screen screen time. Talks are a bit tighter. We you know we're refining all the talks down to, to like a tight 30 minutes and then move into like a solid discussion time after every session. And then also putting the agenda, um, interactive activities where we can, activities where we can get on and have uh, the the participants talk, the participants ask the questions, the participants drive the discussion rather than listening for 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 four days. So it's now much more of a conference experience, an interactive uh, networking con conversational experience than that we've ever been able to achieve before online. And even, you know, even for the introverts, guys, I'm an introvert, believe it or not, I am. Um, speaking, participating gets us more involved, right? It's more active than just listening and, and 
and you know multitasking sometimes so put the other tabs away listen to the sessions listen to us um uh, it was great to have you on well it was great to be on your live stream um on your channels today it was really fun uh, always learn a lot and always a lot of things to take away when i when i uh, hear your your um philosophies and strategies when it comes to omni channel thanks for uh, thanks for making the time really appreciated it and enjoyed it thank you so much it's a pleasure you bet awesome hopefully i'll see you all at the omni channel x conference um, any questions feel free to drop us a note thanks for watching and listening until next time that's a wrap thanks for tuning in please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels and don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.